Good morning, everyone. My name is Robert Tuttle. I'll be your first speaker. I will first discuss shaving cream distribution outlets in North American markets. Let me begin by acknowledging what has become axiomatic in the field of shaving cream distribution, namely that shaving cream, indeed almost all personal hygiene products for men, are what we call fashion resistant. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we take something we're feeling nostalgic for, we revisit it and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jerbez, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co host, Connor O'Kane. Hello. Howdy. Uh, am I Connor though? Man, after this movie, I'm feeling pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty unsure of my own identity. Well, why don't you tell the good listeners what we are reviewing today? All right, today we are hitting up the 2002 sci-fi thriller uh, Cypher. Yes. Uh, directed by whomst? Vincenzo Natale, I believe is how you pronounce there you it. There go, Cube, Cube Manson. Yes, Cube, director of Cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is his second flick after that, that tiny micro-budget of a movie. Uh, written by Brian King, and it stars Jeremy Notham and Lucy Liu. Morgan Sullivan, wanting to escape his mundane life. He becomes a spy into the world of corporate espionage uh, and mm-hmm. finds himself quickly in over his head. So I had no knowledge of this movie. I think I'd, I'd probably, I think I'd only seen the the poster on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, previous to this, uh, previous to you even mentioning it. Yes. Um, because I really liked Cube when I first saw it uh, when I was, shit, 16? I'd say mm-hmm. 16. And it scared the fuck out of me. Cube absolutely <laughs> like terrified me. He manages to create so much tension and suspense and uh, such a sense of unease in that movie that it just, I, I, I was shook by it. And so, you know, looked into what else he'd done and, and saw this. And the poster, it, it looks very of the time. It looks very 2000, early 2000s, yep. riding the, the wave of like, the Matrix absolutely being successful, successful and stuff. So it really never, like just based on the poster, it, it didn't grab me. It didn't make me want to watch it. So mm-hmm. I never did. Um, yep. But you you had uh, had nothing but good things to say I, about I this I had flick. seen it, yes. I, mm-hmm. um, I remember it quite fondly. I think it was the same friend of my older brother who uh, gave us the DVD of Space to watch. He gave us Cubed and Sci-Fi, like double feature. Been like, hey, you guys like- Fucking comic books and sci-fis and Terminators and stuff. Mm-hmm. Check out these. And yeah, watched them both uh, in chronological order. I was just like, oh my God, like blown away by both of them. One after the other. Mm-hmm. I think I think I still prefer Cube over Cypher, but I think Cypher's a really good movie. And I was a little bit hesitant coming back because uh, like you said, I had only good things to say about it. And then when I started mm-hmm. like getting myself in the, the headspace for recording it and thinking about the movie for the first time in forever, I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe it doesn't hold up. Maybe it will <laughs> seem a bit like... Maybe, what if movie bad? <laughs> and I sat down and watched it and I think a little bit mixed, but mostly... Like still happy to be surprised that still still pretty good still enjoyed most of it. Yeah, I, I think it it's a really neat idea and it's explored pretty interestingly. Like for the most part, like f- j- enough f- 
for for me to like I, I would recommend this movie to to other people but as we as we get into it we can like nitpick and stuff but yeah, I think totally. just as a, as an overall thing I'm like yeah cool cool idea much more interestingly shot and executed than I had than I expected yep uh, I, I expected this to be a lot a much drier more humorless or or, or, or less um a much more self-indulgent or less self-aware uh, run at this kind of movie. Yeah, right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, like this is his second go at directing. He's got a bigger budget this time. Still quite a small budget, only $7 million, which is mm-hmm. like a pittance nowadays. Um, mm. But for the most part, I yeah, think- Yeah, that's, that's it, indie film budget. Yeah, pretty much. But in terms of uh, Cube, it's a huge jump. Because Cube was like, oh, in terms of the scope, but budget, and so the scope yeah. is just—it's a single room setting for Cube, where this has different locations. We have hotel rooms, and we have planes, and homes, and offices, mm. and thus like location after location of fairly interesting set design when it calls for it, and very drab and boring sets when that also calls for yeah, it. Yeah, I would say interestingly drab and boring. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it was still, it, it was so drab and boring that th- real thought had to be put into making it that fucking drab and boring, yeah. which I found interesting. That's what I think it is. You, you can tell that there's actually an attempt to make this boring source material, like, interesting and keeps you engaged instead of it just being this, like, Oh, it looks like they don't have any like any budget, so they just shot it in a conference hall. That's <laughs> yeah, a pity. yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of it, yeah, felt like the point. Yeah, it's sort of the point, yeah. and they try and make up for it a bit in a sort of a camera style and editing style. Yes, to kind of yeah. keep you engaged. Yeah, Morgan Sullivan. We open with him uh, going into Digicorp is in like the final recruitment stages for becoming like a secret agent sort of thing. Yeah. He, he's a he's the very like non-typical James Bond. He's very like boring, nerdy. He's Bane's man. John, dude. <laughs> yeah. Off brand. Yeah. He's, we have James Bond at home. <laughs> he, he's sick of the monotonous uh, suburb life. And so he wants some excitement and some adventure. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah. been working hard to get recruited. Yeah, he's got a very interesting uh, like cadence to his voice. It's a very um, not a particularly like naturalistic performance. No, it's, quite it's a very af- affected way of speaking. But I, but it's sort of charming. I find it charming. Yeah, yeah, in a weird way. Um, it's sort of uh, like this movie is a little bit more of an attempt on like the, like you said, Matrix, that sort of more blockbuster, like popcorn movie than what Cube is. But then we've got this guy who's this Joe Blow, no, no name person. That's like our, our hero. Yes. Have you seen Brazil? Yes. It, it, I got I got uh, Matrix by way of Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I never like it's all put the those like together. wide, yeah, wide angle lenses, the kind of like. Almost comically drab and in, and and um like inhuman designs of the of the buildings that they're in. Yeah, yeah, totally. The the really angular like patterns on the windows and stuff. Our man Morgan, their uh, their final uh, sort of questioning him about making sure that he's not uh, in any way working for Sunway Systems um, or as an operative for them, trying mm-hmm. to like vet out double agents. 
we get a couple of really nice uh, like uses of visual effects, which are the ones that I think hold up really well. Of the he leaves the building and it's this like massive office building just in this like stark like it's nothing just this environment. Huge- it's just a fucking cube. It's a big cube. Yeah, this big cube building just with this one road leading to it and just yeah. nothing else in sight. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we get a really cool and- like digital aerial shot of him returning home of the suburbs and it's just yes. like cubes and cubes and cubes of houses all just like exactly it's- the same. He's big on cubes. I think he's really good at making uh, architecture and technology feel impersonal. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's something that's a, a through line between this and, and Cube. Yeah, and I think the use of color in this film makes that really stark and like impersonal feeling as well. Yeah, where yeah it's totally. almost monochrome. Uh, it's like the whole movie is anything. really drab, yep. very gray, and just like washed out. I think, and that's something that uh, I, I like. But by the end of it, it my eyes were really uh, aching for for a change of yeah. Color palette. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. I think, that, yeah, that, like there could have been a shift in the sort of second to third act that could have brought some more interesting visual stuff or changed things up. Yeah, like uh, the um the like dream sequences and stuff in in Brazil are super colorful and and yeah, uh, fantastical and stuff. And here, even the the dream sequences or like uh, the end of the movie where the the, the kind of happy ending. Still kind of desaturated and and yeah, um, I feel like not it all that. Yeah, it should uh, have been magical a bit, looking. Should have been more bright and colourful as a contrast. Yeah. So Morgan's given his um, new name, Jack Thursby, his identity, mm-hmm. and he sort of uh, is like gleefully figuring out who Jack Thursby is. He's this sort of like this escape from his boring life. He's like, oh. I can be whoever yes. I want to be. Yeah, I'm I love start that. Smoking cigarettes and drinking. Yeah, scotch. I love that that line where um the the boss at Digicore is like telling him like you know your name is Jack Thursby da, 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 and he's like and, and you see the excitement on his face where he's like Ooh. and he tries to hide it he tries to maintain it, it like yeah. keep it under wraps he's like uh and who is Jack Thursby and he's like what do you mean what's his personality and he's like. We can be whoever you want it to be. Like, so he immediately starts thinking like, ooh, ooh, who am I going to be? Um, while still playing the good husband at home. Yeah, living out this fantasy when he's on the plane and the lady asks him for a drink. I'll have a ginger ale. Actually, I'll have a scotch. Scotch? Mm-hmm. Single malt. On the rocks. You're sort of like performing it or like announcing the drink in a way that has that same connotation that James Bond like talks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It has a has a certain gravitas to it. But I like that he's stumbling his way through that. Like he's <laughs> he, he's trying to he wants to hit that that level of uh of confidence cool. and and pull, but doesn't. Yeah, he's very but, much but bumbling you can see through it. it. But the the way it's shot is is really nice. It's like you can see that uh, the performance is great. Like you, you said um, before, that it is like kind of heightened, and the way he talks is a little bit strange and and stuff. But I think it's I think it's wonderful because you can see all the uh, these thoughts and the the kind of the cogs whirring in his head as he's trying to put this this character to this performance together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this and identity then- that he's trying to craft for himself. That that scene where he's on the plane and he opens up the, the suitcase and stuff, and he's he's like smiling, and then yeah, he flips gle- it over gleeful. and just his buffalo, and he's like. Ooh, uh, you know, yeah, expecting something snazzier, or like even when yeah, yeah. he uh, gets the phone call that they're like, "Remember the briefcase? It's in the bathroom." Like, and he's got to go get the That's briefcase, right. and then he like mistakes. He thinks that 
that that guy's briefcase is the briefcase he's supposed to get and the guy walks off with it and he's like, oh, shit, what the hell? And then there's like yeah. <laughs> one of the employees is like, it's left in the stall, you idiot. Yeah, like, literally <laughs> walks up to him like, I left it in the stall and then walks off and you're like, ah, he's got to get like, it's his first assignment so they've had to like send babysitters. Yeah. When he is, when we first meet him and he is uh, uh, Morgan Sullivan, he has this kind of like, painted on like smile yeah it's yeah. really kind of go- goofy looking it's a really goofy uh, and so seeing that like trying to be james bond is really really fun and really entertaining yeah and the, the way they they shoot it to like kind of wide angles and stuff like that to accentuate that goofy smile and his nose and the glasses and yeah the haircut I, I think it's really cool the um the motion graphics to like um, oh, yeah, indicate like moving to transitions from, and from stuff. states and stuff. I think it's uh, it's a on the one hand, it's a cool workaround uh, for like you said, they've got a bigger budget, but it's not a fucking huge budget. They yeah. still had to practice uh, resourcefulness. Resourcefulness, yes, they still had to come up with resourceful ways to address like, okay, how do we get them from to move from here to here? Because obviously, we're just going to shoot on a set, yeah, or you know, in a hotel, not a, not necessarily in a different fucking state every time. And so it's a it's a good it's like oh points for trying but I don't think those graphics hold up very well. No, it, it looks it, like obviously it, like low resolution. Yes, very very of the time and um and not in a in a way that holds up. I don't think like by by today's standards. No, and in the opening scenes we get some very interesting like framing of the characters and cutting between them in a way to be resourceful in like making it entertaining with. Mm not much substance going on like it's like it's like a white office and there's like two men in suits sitting in a white office talking to each other it's like that's a pretty boring setting for a scene mm. and they do make up for it with that those those shots and framing and that totally that still works but yeah i think that those, still works and that, those little I transitions not as much yeah yeah and i think that's i think that's uh a shortcoming of 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 that time where like effects and and uh graphics and shit weren't quite no, there yet? No, they weren't. Uh, and it like was- now, you can jump onto you can jump onto fucking story blocks and download a a, a uh, template that'll look yeah a million times better than this. This this is still very early days of that stuff. Yeah, as the dig- um, digital effects get better and better and better, um, the 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 cost of it and the um, it's people's access to digital like effects is so like lower entry now. Yes, it it's is. Like, yeah, it I is. can just, I can just fucking do well, shit. People's, yeah, people's access to higher quality graphics is lo- a, a lower entry now. Uh, anyway, he gets to to Buffalo. He gets to that hotel, and uh, we get the first uh, little tease of Rita Foster, played by Lucy Liu. Yes, in front of the ice machine. That's where we get our first real like bit of color. She's wearing that blue kimono behind the uh, yep. and the ice logo behind her is written in blue, and we get a yep. quite a splash of color for a second. Uh, yep, I think she's got the orange hair. That could have, um, as the movie progressed and the like, the plot thickens, we could have gotten like the color to like open up more. Yeah. Um, in more of a transition, yep. where instead we just sort of get it in like a couple of a couple of nuggets, but not yeah, not really like it doesn't really progress that way. No. Uh, his assignment is to go to this sales conference about. All sorts of crap. What was it like? Oh, dude, it's wonderful. And processed yeah, cheese and it's, stuff. it's wonderful how 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 banal and uh, fucking boring all of the 
these corporate events are made to look like. There's that shot where he's first at one and it, it, it kind of dollies up and it's got the whole room and it's all these booths with just like pictures of lips and taps <laughs> and, and eyes and it just says shit like events, choices, what can you do, body, <laughs> uh, complexion. It's just like, what the fuck are these people selling? And that's something that I really love about this movie. And I, I wish I wish was like... um maybe uh, like similar to Brazil kind of lampooned or, or um, ringed for, rung for a little bit more yeah, like comedic value. Even in like that, You never know. The, yeah. Like what are these the cor- corporations doing? Like, I think it, it it's, um, we never find out what the data that these corporations are. No, we don't. Mining or, or trying to get, you know, steal off each other. What, what, what is this stuff for? It'd be so fucking funny if this was data about processed cheese. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like it, it it could have been a really because um, there is a comedic and sort of self aware tone to it. It, it yeah. would have been it could have been a really cool payoff if it was something so like mundane as yeah like yeah those sort of statistics. I feel like there are there are neat ideas like that that they never quite commit to. Mm. They'll, they'll touch on and give you enough to go like, oh, that's a cool element, but it's never quite seen through to a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, he's given a little pen device. That's the listening device, so he has to switch mm-hmm. it on during the the boring, boring presentation. And this is where the sort of um, it's like a reality check. He's he's like flying high, thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to be James Bond. I'm a spy." And it's the most yeah. boring crap ever, which is yeah. sort of like a more realistic like spy, like uh, what a spy really would do. They're not yeah. gallivanting around like James Bond having sex with snazzy women and driving fast cars and explosions no exactly it's like oh this is yeah this is real espionage yeah um, and he's and he's like and he's not even that that like he's not even very good at it like when he meets that he meets that first dude and he's like oh so where are you from and he immediately panics and he's like uh i'm from i was uh raised in uh, i'm from this place and he goes like oh i got family there and he's like Fuck! Like yeah. it immediately makes up some bullshit. You don't sound like, like you're from there. No, and he's no. Like, oh, I wasn't originally from there. I'm from the South yeah. Pacific. And the guy's like, yeah, "What? Yeah, yeah." And the guy's like, "That's very unusual." And he kind of just he um he rides that. He's like, "Oh yes, well, I am very unusual," and tries to kind of make it kind of suave and shit. Yeah, but he's he's fumbled the ball a little bit. A little bit, but I think everyone else there is so kind of pathetic as well. That yes, he yeah, is, that he's he's he is is the coolest to- cunt. Yeah, like stand above them and be like, oh, I'm into yeah. sailing and playing golf. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, oh, I love this brand of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, the shots of him like sitting at this conference, like at the, at the table, like looking all like kind of excited, like for like, what am I going to be listening to? What am I going to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, transmitting? Like this, this data must be so exciting. And it's this like fashion. It, they're talking about uh, men's, Shampoo or men's shaving shower, cream, shaving cream being fashion resistant yep. and shit like that. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, they do a really good job of portraying that the corporate convention world. I think. Yeah. Um. He he sees Rita at the bar again, and he goes, "Oh, I'm gonna have like a try at hitting on her." That's right, because he's kind of riding high on like, uh, he's like talking about. Uh, he's recommending the Sunda Islands and the Banda Sea and all this shit, <laughs> and smoking cigarettes and. And yeah. he's like, oh, excuse me for a moment. I'm going to go and talk to a, a pretty lady. And then he's yeah. totally out of his depth and just like fumbling it real hard. I re- And he takes his glasses off to like look a bit cooler and yeah. stuff. It's this I like, really like that sequence. It's that uh, you get the good sense of it's his um, 
his like self-image and him like sort of being like, oh, how am I going to like redefine myself and I'll take my glasses off because I look a little bit more suave. Yeah, totally. I think the shots of um, the shots of her, like him looking at her, they managed to do to do a good job of being kind of intentionally a little bit cringy, but not in a not in like a lecherous way. Just yeah. like a, she represents this excitement and this this exotic, uh, colorful world and life that he so wishes he he had, and he's kind of flirting with that life, not just that person yeah after the so after he speaks to Rita he's on the plane and they give him another assignment it's just the, the same thing go turn the pen on and just watch you did a great job last time and then he starts having these pains in his neck and these nightmares yeah these weird flashing images and stuff and he starts cracking the shits with his wife tells <laughs> tells her to tell her dad to go fuck himself yeah uh, and storms out. He's smoking. She's like, "Just where did you start smoking?" All that. He's still drinking his scotch. He takes his ring off on the plane. That's right. Kidding me? Um, and then he goes up to the roof. That's right. When he's in the second city, and then it's like, "Oh, guns drawn at him!" And it's like, "Oh shit, this is a guns little bit drawn at him." Real crazy. Bondy. Early two thousand sci fi helicopter. Yeah, and they're like, "Where's the listening device?" They say, "Where's the giant Mansley?" <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, I enjoy humor for you, uh, I enjoy fans. Yep. <laughs> Lo and behold, Rita is she's not a health inspector like she said. She's no. she's working in that espionage game, and so he's like, "It's my pen that's the listening device." And she's like, "Don't turn it on when you go to the next meeting." And he's like, "What?" Yep. Don't turn it on and take these pills. Yeah, and she gives him the pills, which are I think. A nice little nod to The Matrix. Like there was so many films that came out after The Matrix that were like going for its style. And this is literally being like, oh, hey, things aren't what they seem. These migraines that you're having Mm. and you're like forgetting stuff, here's some red pills to take and you'll start seeing the world how it really is. Mm -hmm. It's very like, (laughs) very much like The Matrix. So he goes through, he's um, doesn't turn the pen on. But then when he is on the plane and he gets called from his boss, they're like, yep, good job. The transmission yeah. came through just as clear as before. And he's like, hang on a sec. Yeah, which what? is cool. I think this movie does a really good job of all of the twists are just like they're, some of them are kind of cheesy, but they're just compelling enough for you to go like, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't expect that. I didn't think that was going to happen. Like I was, I was genuinely like, what are they going to say when, she, when he doesn't turn the pen on? And they're like, good job. I was like. Ooh, okay, all yeah. right. It does do a good job of, I think, for for the majority of it, keeping you interested and in, by introducing new little things. They do a good job mm. of establishing, like, all right, this is who who he is. This is what he's doing. You go, oh, he's a spy. This is going to be interesting. He's going to yeah be going on missions. And then just as the missions turn out to be these monotonous, boring things, mm. then we get given this new little bit of little juicy nugget. Yeah, I think that like from the outset, you kind of like you, you understand, you get that like. He, he thinks he's doing this, but things are not as they seem. But they put they manage to uh, integrate so many layers of things not being what they seem that you're like, okay, cool. Like it never the 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 movie really not up and like manages to go right up to the end uh, without ever having like a reveal that then things are not as they seem. Here's how things are, but they are not as they seem. Here's how things are. They never just settle on one like, okay, here's how things are yeah. until the until the very end. So it is compelling right up until the end. And I was just sort of thinking, funny how it's. I, I just think of it as like, yeah, it's a sci-fi movie, but really from the get-go, you don't know that. Like you, you're looking at the poster, and that looks very sci-fi. But 
Yeah, I, I, man, I got more like kind of like there's like noir kind of mystery yeah. elements at work, like the way it's shot, the like stuff where, because after he starts taking the pills uh, and shortly after gets the injection that'll stop the the water and the, the, the drugs that they've been giving him yeah. that we don't know what they're for at this point, but the drugs that have been affecting him. They'll like stop that, but the side effects is that he's really woozy and, and fucked up and stuff. All that stuff reminded me a little bit of Run Lola Run. Oh yeah. Kind of in how stylized it was. Mm. And how like, yeah, like late 90s, early 2000s, almost music video. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. And then there's some other like some noiry vibes from like the woman when she's serving him from the drinks uh trolley. She's like all yeah, in she's silhouette. like completely yeah, silhouetted. Yeah, so that's a really nice shot. Yeah, there's it's weird. There's like there's some really um really gorgeous, really uh beautifully shot stuff in this movie and there's some stuff that's kind of I'd say, I'd say deliberately kind of ugly and yeah. chaotic in the way it's shot. I think he does a really good job of um he does it in in Cube as well, uh creating a a sense of unease through camera work and camera movement and stuff. Yeah. Like you said, uh, Lucy Liu, she get, shows up again to give him that serum, which I like where she's like, it's okay, he's med- medically trained. I don't care if he's a fucking brain surgeon. You're not going to drug me. We're undrugging you. Because they got this yeah, big yeah, yeah. cartoony green syringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then it's like, oh, you've been drinking mineral water every time, yeah? Well, mm-hmm. this is going to counteract that because there's a drug in the mineral water. And then we get to find out what's going on in the in the stock meetings, which is- yes. Super cool. This is definitely the the jumping on point to being like, no, nope, this is just straight up crazy sci-fi stuff. Yeah, the weird like uh, head crab thing they put on and like yeah. metallic head crab. It's like everyone just gets so bored and like sedated from the drink. Um, and then like the, the slide projector changes from like a bunch yeah, of biographs yeah. to like the Sublimal. crazy yep. like Rorschach, like uh, uh, Winamp music mm. visualization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is such a funny premise that, like, the idea that these conferences are so fucking boring that that they do have an almost hypnotic quality yeah. that, like, you could hypnotize people and do whatever the fuck you want with them while they're sitting in these in these fucking conference rooms, these yeah. uh, convention centers and stuff. That's yeah. that's really fucking funny. It's just yeah, it's just like intriguing on like. The next level and the next level and the next level. We keep getting like these really interesting ideas. We discover like everybody in the conference room thinks they're all Digicorp agents. Yes. It's like, yes, I, I really liked that twist. Like the fact that this dude who we've been following, like we've been following his story of like thinking he's a, a top agent stuff, but everyone in the room thought they were doing the same thing. Yeah. Everyone he thought he was like being all suave and shit too was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's really and funny. And it's just all a bunch of like really like nerdy, frumpy losers that are like, oh, yeah, cool. I get to be a I'm secret a agent. Spy. Yeah. <laughs> and they all go to these boring conventions with yeah. all these people just as boring as each other trying yeah. to like out like do them in there like, oh, I'm I'm someone interesting and I'm a mover and well, a shaker. This is, the th- this is the thing that like in the real world, these people are going to these <laughs> conferences and trying to out, you know, out mover and shaker them. Yeah. The idea that like. All of them think not only that they're like corporate movers and shakers, but they're also super secret spies and shit. That's really funny. Yeah. But here we kind of get he he uh, once he's like through the looking glass, he kind of actually does have to play the role of a like an actual spy. Yeah, that's when it actually begins a little bit more to be the real the real deal. 
Yeah. With the little head crab, they're all getting brainwashed. These messages that are what he was having those headaches and like the pain in mm. the back of his neck. We were kind of seeing flashes of it earlier. And then yeah. we get the actual reveal of this saying like, you are not Morgan Sullivan. You are Jack Thursby. You do not live in this location. You live in this location. Yeah. You are married to this person. And yeah, mm. like they're just brainwashing everybody and giving them these different lives. So they were brainwashing all of these people to send them out as like sleeper agents, spies and stuff. And they, their plan was to send Morgan, uh, Arca, Jack. Was it Jack? Jack, yep. To Sunway Systems. But because he goes through that, when he goes to the interview, which is identical yeah, to, to the, the previous interview, interview he had, he doesn't pass their like neuro test uh, thing, oh, neuro test or whatever. Because it knows um, that they're being, um, that he's lying. Where if he was actually yes. brainwashed, he would be telling the he would believe it the things truthfully. Yeah, I like that little um, sequence, the like the tests when he returns to the airport to test if like the brainwashing has worked properly. That someone comes up and he's like, "Oh, Mr. Sullivan, there's a, there's an urgent call for you," and he's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you've got the wrong person. My name's Jack yeah, Thursby." Totally. And then when he yeah. gets onto the plane and like everybody's been like knocked out and sedated, and they like etherag him. It's cool. Yeah, that is a really cool that reveal of all of the um all of the people in the plane sedated and, and with the oxygen masks, masks like on, pumping yeah. whatever into their face. That was that was really cool. And we get a good bit of like yellow color in that scene. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's some it's, yellow. It's, it's not as right drab. when you feel your yeah, right when you feel your brain going, fuck, I Ugh, some yellow. My eyes hurt. God, I just want some yellow. Then they <laughs> give it to you. It's good. They withhold yellow just long enough <laughs> for it to be effective. Um, I love that, that, that scene in the elevator, by the way, just before he gets on the plane where um, the old woman's like pulls her phone out, answers, is like, it's, it's for, for you, you, hands it to him. And then once the conversation's done, she snatches the phone back <laughs> off and walks off. It's like, who was this lady? Yeah. He wakes up in his new house, new wife, mm-hmm. supposed to be brainwashed. But like you said, when he goes to Suncorp, they're like, this is brilliant. We can use you as a spy now to spy on Digicorp. Yeah. So he's like triple spying. Triple, triple spying, agenting. dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, fuck um, that. I don't want to do that. That dude, Sunway Systems brings up oh, Sebastian Rooks. Yeah. He, he's this guy that- He's the guy who hired Rita. He hired Rita and they hired him to get them someone that isn't brainwashed- so that then they could. All of this plan has been devised to deliver Jack Thursby, Morgan Sullivan to Sunway Systems. And we get the lovely uh, montage of him replacing things around the house to be like bugs. Yeah, so bugs. he like replaces the salt shaker, it's replaces got, a little dog statue. And it's got a little tiny, a- this tiny little camera lens inside one of the holes <laughs> of the salt shaker. It's really nice. Yeah, real nice. He ends up not happy being a, a spy for like a, a double or it's triple at this point. I don't know. Not happening yeah, being it's, this it's kind confusing. of spy um, or feeling like like after this, he's just going to have to live this life as Jack Thursby because like he says, um, uh, when when he first got the, the role of Jack Thursby, he was excited because he was like, well, what's his personality? And they're like, you can do whatever you want. And he's like, well, fuck yeah, all right. And then when they find out, ah, oh, no, this uh, the guy from Sun Sunway says your version of Jack Thursby wasn't theirs. Your yep. your idea for who Jack Thursby was is not Digicorps, um, and he's none too pleased about that. He's like, I, I should be, I smoke cigarettes now. Yeah, I drink scotch on the rocks, single malt. <laughs> I want to play golf. These, like, are, yeah. these are my character traits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like this is the person. This is the person I want to be. Yeah, and, and they're, they're like, like, well, 
well, this house Soul's is boring bro. because they based it off your old house because it helps, yeah. like, assimilate. Exactly, yeah. And he's like, yeah. no, but that's not who I am. I'm interesting. Yeah. They're yeah, like, he's still, bro. it's, it's, it's interesting, like, he's- white toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's, like, climbed the, like, the spy ladder a bit. Like, he's in, he's in even more uh, levels of, like, espionage and stuff, but he's still having to live this fucking boring life. Like, he keeps getting sent on all these missions. They're like, oh, yeah, you go, you've got this disc and you're going to go and meet this person in this state and they're going to yep. write some data yep. on a disc and then you're going to come back. Exactly, yeah. The idea that spy work is is just as boring as the corporate world that he'd been yeah. inhabiting is is pretty funny. And so he ends up calling the number that he got to call Rita uh, via the, the little, like, Bible yep. uh, line, Job, whatever. Calls that uh, and finds out that um, finds out that they're, like they're going to kill him once he finishes his stuff yeah, with well, he sun, decides to sunset, Sunway yeah. Systems. So he's like, "Yeah, well, I want to hire Sebastian Rooks then." Yes, and yes. get me out of here. And Rita's like, first Rita's like, "Nah," but he rings back and is like, "Come on," and she's like, "Shit, all right." Yep. So then for his last mission, they're like, "We're going to send you to the vault. You're going to give that disc to the vault." Rita mm. rocks up and she's like, nah, here's a different disc, a decoy disc. You're going to give them this disc instead. Here's a, mm-hmm. here's a little ring. It's a tracking, tracking device. device ring. We'll, we'll keep an eye on you. We'll keep you safe. Yeah. And he's gone on all these missions, these really mundane, like, go here, give disc, come back missions and kind of earned their trust, played the role real well up to this point. Mm. And then Rita appears and gives him all that shit and their keys. Um, and then we're throwing another curveball when he jumps in the cab to go to the location that's the vault. It's the yeah. dude that hired him from Digicorp. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Like the fact that he's- It's really weird. He's, the, this, he's this major higher up at, at, at Digicorp. But like he hiring, personally- Hiring all that. Like- <laughs> Well, like not only that, he's also a, he's a double agent working for, for Rook. Mm. But his allegiances lie with Digicorp. But he also still has time to drive a fucking cab out to, out to Wichita. But yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. But then like you know when he 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 lets him out and he's like, nope, free of charge. Like he doesn't charge him for the taxi cab ride. Well, also because like, yeah. he's dressed like a fucking ta- cab driver. Like that's <laughs> funny. He's wearing a little hat and he's got the fucking jacket and t shirt, the grey shirt. Like he looks the part. It's it's it is kind of. Um, Comical, and I think at this point, this is where the twists. I still enjoyed them, but they all took on this kind of like, and I guess it's totally consistent. This this heightened like, yeah, comic kind of, uh, yeah. quality. That every every new twist from here on in, I was like, oh, like <laughs> I was really, I was kind of like, go- like having fun, but slightly goofing, like yeah. kind of laughing. I didn't know if I was laughing at the film or with it. Yeah. Um, because it is, it, it while it still has these really heightened, almost comedic elements, it's playing so much else really straight faced. Mm. The 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 color palette is still so subdued, and like the tension is still being built really nicely. And it's kind of, I think, at odds with with how silly some of the the twists are. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we find out that um, uh, this rook guy, rooks. Um, is this phantom that no one knows, and like, if he's gonna if he's gonna give the disc to Rooks afterwards, he's gonna die. Rooks fucking Rooks is gonna Rooks is gonna kill him. Everyone's gonna kill no, him. He survives. It's like no, nah, Digicorp's yeah. gonna kill you. Then it's like no, nah, once you're done working for Sunway, 
they're going to kill you. And now it's like, oh, but if you deliver the disc to Rooks instead, he's going to kill you too. And you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, totally. And also Rita, Rita Foster is Rooks's lover. So she played you, dog. Yeah, and he's like, but she, but I thought she cared for me. I thought we had yeah, something going. Like, yeah, and, and the guy's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> he chucks the, the, the decoy disc in, mm-hmm. keeps the disc for himself. Gets, uh, and Get- he gets that, uh, that number for, for what's his face, for Digicorp Man. Yeah, yeah, Digicorp the, goes, uh, hey, if you need any help, give me, this call, give me a call on my, on my yeah. taxi cab card. Make sure to use my code. I get a commission. <laughs> but Rita shows up. Rescues him from the vault before he gets. Yeah, he's about to get squished by this giant elevator. We got it. We got to talk about the vault, dude. We got to talk about the fucking the vault reveal and, and all all yep. the rest. Like the fucking the hole in the ground opening up and this like fucking goofy sci-fi like elevator like, that goes like a thousand miles down into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> like like uh, manned by a dude with uh, like. Like a One milky contact eye. lens, <laughs> <laughs> milky lens, um, uh, and and comes out wearing these like space goggles, but also like a um a space jogging suit. Like it's uh it's all very it's all very bizarre. He's this goofy tech dude, yeah. And then they take him through the 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 vault, and it's this long like uh, walkway with all these golden angular things. Again, very like I was getting big big Brazil yeah vibes from this stuff. And we get like it's a it's like a yeah visually a bit nicer like you said with all those golden angular things are pretty cool. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We get like some really hard like green and red lighting from like the the security checkpoint. It's still all quite desaturated and and the um, yeah true. I I do I do really like this this sequence this um uh, scene of the two of them talking and the reveal of like oh this dude used to be this guy got uh, is working down here because he used to be basically one of these neurograph machines but like he, he would sniff he out would double agents and then they sniff were like, out double nah, agents the and then they're like nah, neurographs neurographs dope and he's kind of bitter about that so he takes it upon himself to like figure people out and and then the reveal that he noticed as soon as he put the disc in that there was something wrong. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the um, a slightly less or, or much much less, but not not to to discredit the film, but like a, a much less masterful version of the opening scene from, from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that tension that's like in that scene and the 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 way new information is revealed and stuff. I think there's a an every frame of painting video where he talks about. I think it's the David Fincher one where he talks about like um, all directors have their their calling cards, their their wonders, or like they're little things that make them them. But when you really get to see what a, a director values, when you look at how they shoot a scene of just two people talking, how do they make mm. that cinematic? Yeah. Um, and I feel like this and the, uh, the opening scene where they're explaining that, like it's it, like you said, it is just two dudes in like a basically black and white room talking about this mission. And, and da, 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 da. I feel like he manages to make these really cinematic and compelling. I, I, I enjoy these scenes more than, the um when things kind of blow up and yeah get more actiony i definitely agree yeah this is like where it's like the tension is that it's like peak here it's like mm. oh will he find out will he get caught he's gonna sniff him out he manages to get out rita comes flying down on some mission impossible wires and saves him <laughs> that shit is <laughs> fucking goofy dude yeah it's a real this real goofy stuff the, the action effects i think is the stuff that that holds up the least yeah, in my opinion, and it's not like for lack of trying. I think it's just 
a probably a lack of resources and technology at that time being where it was. Yeah, I think so. So then, so then he wakes up and he's in Sebastian Rook's house and he's like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. this is nice. This is snazzy. This isn't a boring house. But then he's like, oh, fuck, they're going to kill me once they get the disc because he calls yep. his old, old mate the taxi driver. The guy's like, we're gonna we're gonna come and get you. Just fucking yeah. stay alive. Like once you give the disc over, you're dead. Exactly. He's like, oh shit. And so then he confronts Lucy Liu, and he's like, but I thought we had a, a romance going on. Yeah, thought we were tight. And she's like, she's nah. like, we were tight. And so he shoots her. Well, he acts kind of accidentally shoots her. Like it just kind of goes off. Like he just panics and stuff. Yeah, because he's trying to trying to escape. Yeah, which I liked. I thought that like I I, I went like. No, I thought that was kind of tragic because you just know, like, because it was an accidental shot, how she reacts to being shot by him, you kind of get the feeling straight away that, like, oh, there's another layer to this. (laughs) Things are still not as they seem. And then we get the reveal. And it's a little goofy, the reveal, like, because she's like, there's no time. There's no time. You've got to meet Sebastian. Just go. Go into the next room to meet Sebastian. (laughs) I do like the idea. Like, he walks into, so the reveal is he walks into Sebastian Rook's office, notices the golf clubs and goes, ooh, I like golf. And then notices the the single malt whiskey. Oh, sorry, scotch and goes, I like single by scotch. <laughs> and then, like, turns back and knocks over a, a stand. Ashtray. <laughs> Ashtray stand. He's like, I punched darts. <laughs> you know, Rothy Reds. I spoke Rothy Reds. Like, I must be Rooks. Uh, and sure enough, that's the the twist is he's been Rooks the whole time. Yeah. Uh, he, like, I, I, I genuinely went. notices the photograph of him. Oh, and- yeah. And then there's the, just a nail at home. There's yeah, the there's photograph photo of him, of him and, and Lucy Lou. Not in a not in a wig, uh, yep. on a holiday somewhere or whatever. And he's he's actually the, and he's wearing sunglasses. Like he's actually been this cool dude all he the time. He is this cool dude. He is he this is cool, this cool dude. And I I I I actually like laughed out loud at that reveal. Like I was like, <laughs> oh fuck, dude. Um, I had fun with that. And then she takes the wig off. It's a cool twist. I think it doesn't. It's not executed like as well as what the concept is. The concept is really cool. You're like, oh, all this time he was Morgan, and then becoming this different person as Jack, and thinking like, oh, mm-hmm. what are there all these things that I that I like that I'm going to identify myself as? But all this yeah. time, he was actually used the same brainwashing tech on himself to get himself yep. inside. Um, yep. And all of those Still- things that he was uh, gra- gravitating towards were yeah. things from his past life that mm. were like yeah 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 it is re- it is cool like stuff. as we've been going through the movie uh and you do like immediately that opening scene where you meet Morgan Sullivan you do watch it with like a new kind of appreciation for like the fact that the um the sail the book about sailing and stuff like rooks has this passion for sailing and stuff and that's why he's got the book and it's yeah it is this thing that he's holding on to but you also i think appreciate the um the acting yeah. For the first like half of it, at least when he's kind of speaking in that like affected way and mm. uh, playing that really kind of heightened, goofy, like clean cut sales, you know, I mean, sales guy. Yeah, it's a um, um, it's, it is one of those movies where uh, it's enjoyable to rewatch after, you know, the twist because, mm. um, yeah, like there's more to be observed and you can appreciate more things that they like yeah. trickled in there for you. Yeah, totally. They end up going out on, up to the roof through Digicorp a secret entrance and Sunway and shit. Digicorp and Sunway both break in at the same time and they're all like- <laughs> Which is really dudes fucking like, funny. identify yourself. The other dudes are like, identify yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digicorp, Sunway, identify <laughs> And they're like, 
and again, this is this is one of those things where like that's funny and that isn't like played for the laughs that it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's much funnier been, than that they played off. That, yeah, yeah. And then they end up they're, <laughs> they're in the helicopter and he's like, I can't. I've never flown one of these. He's like, You're rooks. You 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 built this or like you designed you know how this. To fly one of these. You designed this. Uh, and then he like thinks about his wife being a babe on a boat and he's like, I know how to fly a helicopter. I know Kung Fu. And, and, and fucking <laughs> flies, like, turns the shields on. They fire at it. It doesn't fucking work. It's and then as they're flying away, the dude's like, oh, did you see Rooks with him? He's like, no, nah, just Morgan Sullivan. He's one of our boys. He's a good boy. You know? <laughs> he's, he's one like, of our pawns. Good lad, good lad. Good lad. Yeah, one of our pawns. <laughs> and then he like opens the thing, looks down at him. He's like, "Jesus Christ, he is Rooks." <laughs> Turns around and there's like a picture of a rook next to the bomb. Yeah, on the thing. It's fucking funny. Yeah, dude. it's a funny, silly little like motif of like only brought up at the very last second where it's like, "Oh, we called Morgan Sullivan a pawn, but actually he's the rook." Yeah. Chess analogy, anyone that yeah, we weren't yeah, talking yeah. about and that's this the entire thing. time? No, that's the thing. Yeah, you're like, oh, I, I mean, that could have been. Maybe signposted a little bit more. I don't know. Like, am that- I stupid for not getting that? But no, watching it back, <laughs> I think it is dropped in at the last minute. It's like that could have been a theme if it was actually interwoven into the plot, but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tacked on for the very last line. Yeah. And then the reveal that the information that he was after, like the the last scene there on the boat and stuff, um, and it's a bit more colourful. Uh, it's and, still and really stuff. like- flat and washed out though. yeah that yeah is like a, a pity like it could be this really bright beautiful like tropical yeah i think it kind of under undermines the um the impact of that last scene a little bit mm. uh, and then the reveal is that he like the data he was taking was like her identity yeah that it was um, so that she'd be like she was, she was previously like, wanted uh, for like all this espionage stuff yeah, she was like wanted yeah. for murder like that Digicorp in some ways had like hits out on her. Yeah. And so that's like. And so he's got. So he said like when he put that disc in the vault, it erased all that data mm. from their systems. So she's like not yep. on the run anymore. Essentially, yeah. she got what um, Leonardo DiCaprio was after in Inception. The, the what, is, what is he after again? What do they call it? The <laughs> blank slate or something like that? Yeah, the blank like slate. Yeah, he yeah. gave her the blank slate. He gives her the blank slate, and he he yeets the fucking uh, disc into the, the disc water. Into the, into the water, and now he's got um, this suave British accent. Yeah, which was <laughs> so goofy. And and then the last shot of the movie is like he um he lights a cigarette. This confused me. He lights the cigarette, and the the camera's like staying on his face, and it kind of moves in on him a bit, and he's kind of looking down, and he kind of looks up. And then the, the, it just keeps going into his forehead and then just fades to black and then the credits. But, like, that split second where he kind of looks up, it looks like he's realised something. It, it, it's a weird shot to end on. Yeah, it is a bit weird. Because it really does, it like, just through the way that the camera move movements have been used and the way that um, the, like, screen language has been communicating to us that things are not as they seem, the whole fucking movie. Yeah. I was kind of, I was prepared for, like, one last, like, fucking shoots him or some shit. Yeah. Like I was really waiting for, for some kind of last reveal there because they kind of set it up the way, like that way. I think just a, a wide shot of the boat, them out on sea would have been fine to, see, it would I have think, felt a bit more final and wouldn't have left me going, what? Yeah, it would. I think the problem with that shot is it looks like it's a bit of a homage to like the James Bond, like opening credits. Like it looks like the transition into that, that kind of stylized 
um, yeah, James Bond if, stuff. And it's also yeah. there, like, they want that to be the last shot of the film because the first shot of the film is a dissolve from black to Morgan to, standing in like, the- And pulling, pulling, and pulling out, out from him. So yeah, it's like the yeah, okay. reverse shot of that, which yeah. I get is, like, nice, like, bookending. But yeah. like you said, it- it gives you this weird idea that you're like, oh, something still isn't what it seems. And like, yeah, yeah it should have been of a nicer, like wider open, like shot that makes yeah. us feel more at ease, more yeah. happy, more um, that it's like, yeah, they've, they've got their holiday. They've escaped. Yeah. And I think the thing is the, um, the opening sequence, like the opening 20, like I'd, I'd say at least like 30 or so minutes. um if not 40, 45, 50, look right up until about the midway point where the, um, uh, like going out to the vault and stuff, it's all really kind of, uh, stylized and has a distinct look to it. Mm. Whereas the last scene and once, once things get a bit more like action movie, uh, the way it's shot, I think becomes a little less interesting. It's really, yeah, it's really boring shot. It looks yeah. like a, like a shot for television. Yes. Kind of movie yes. in the last sequence. Yeah. And also and that, last, that last scene just looks is just like, all right, wrap it up. Like they're they're not hold like they've given away all of the they've given away all the twists. Like things are now as they seem. And it it feels a little bit like, all right, come on, let's wrap this shit up. Yeah. And even in those last scenes that look more boring and stuff, uh, we're not um like we're not uh, told the story in an interesting way. There's a lot of just very expositional, like explaining what everything is how everything's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no real um it doesn't feel like it ever really builds to this uh really satisfying crescendo. It's like yeah, it just sort of falls a little bit short in that third act overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first act is excellent and the second act is at least compelling enough to keep your attention and and make you want to see it through to the end. And then mm-hmm. the end I think it leaves me wanting a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, and the big and the big reveal that he is Rooks like actually had me cackle, which I don't think was their intention. No, you shouldn't laugh at that. No, no, it might have been their intention if they'd if they'd played up the the more satirical. Yeah, I think that's a really elements good point or, the, or the elements that, that read as, as as satire. If they'd played that up, then the twist would have like would have been something you could laugh at rightfully, and it still could have been done sincerely. I think. Yeah, I think that would have been really good. I think that's the right choice because, like, what we've said about everything that we liked about the first and second act is the really satirical stuff that's baked in there. So it wouldn't be yeah. like totally inconsistent to have like the the end of the movie be more uh, comedic in conclusion. Yeah, it feels like it really uh, abandons that sense of silliness mm. uh, like in at, at about the hour mark basically well, it's, from it's, the a, vault. it's a self-aware sense of silliness and then the last act is is just silly but not self-aware <laughs> exactly yes it loses that um that introspection and you go like oh bro you're not the matrix <laughs> so i want to bully this film yep so connor yes, michael michael <laughs> i had an ulterior motive for <gasps> recommending this movie did you? You wanted to look at Lucy Liu in a wig? No, um, I wanted to talk about the twist um, and how okay. that is not exactly the same, but a similar kind of twist to Bioshock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. But in terms of Bioshock, it's that element that we were talking about of uh, what you get from a game when you are the protagonist. And so when there is yes. a twist about who the protagonist is or what their purpose yeah. is, yeah. it's like, 
shifts you to the core and is like, boy, this is so effective. Um, you, and this is a movie yeah. example where you go, oh, this is a similar kind of twist tried to be executed in a movie, but it's not as effective. Um, no, it's and, and, and that's, dude, that's, uh, things were not as they seemed this entire podcast. How dare you? <laughs> oh, you fucking, um, would you kindly me? Would yes. you kindly watch Cypher? Would you kindly fucking review <laughs> Cypher with me? Piece of shit. Um, I think uh, you're right, dude. This is a, an excellent um look at, at how that twist in in Bioshock, like you said, it, it it resonates, it feels impactful, and it does make you go like, fuck, no. Yeah. Like you feel uh satisfyingly duped. Mm. Um whereas here the re- the reveal you do just go like <laughs> like you laugh at it. You fucking yeah. scoff. I think that's not it's not only because of the fact it's a movie, not a video game. Like um obviously the things no. that we've We've already mentioned some of the reasons why we don't think that uh, twist is as impactful. But yeah, like I, I do remember when I originally watched it, it was this, it was like this cool twist that I was like, oh, that's a really good twist. Yeah. That I would like rate highly in like movie twists. But now mm. going back to it, you're like, yeah, no, nah, it's a little bit uh, like this is, this is like that stepping stone, like we've talked about with um, Edgar Wright movies as well, that where they start from and until they get to that point of like the the big like fully realized visions that they can do with yes. the real budgets. Yes. And so this is like a stepping stone like halfway between a real blockbuster and the like zero budget one room. Yeah, this kind of this feels setting. like the um the writer Brian King this was his first like feature length um uh, sc- screenplay. Um, he'd previously done like a TV movie the year before, uh, or it had come out the year before. Um, this feels like him attempting to do a Fight Club or Usual Suspects kind of twist. Yeah, with in this sci-fi kind of setting, um, it's a, an admirable, um, and not t- completely fucked attempt. Uh, at at that sort of twist. No, no, I um, think, but it just it falls a little bit flat. Yeah, and I think it's mostly through execution. It would be interesting to read the script and see if, like, whether it seems to hold up better in the script than what the final execution was. Mm. When like the writing throughout the rest of the movie was so like interesting and intriguing. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's weird. Um, like we've said, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we really like. Or in my case, anyway, um, a lot of the stuff that I really like isn't seen through to its logical conclusion, or isn't seen through to a satisfying conclusion. Whatever logical, forget about it. But, but yeah, satisfying, yeah. satisfying conclusion it, that doesn't necessarily have to be a happy ending, like um, or a bleak ending. Just uh, I don't know the the ending that we're presented with feels a little bit like all right, just just there to end the movie yeah it does feel a little bit like um they're just like right come on let's hurry it up let's get this over and it done doesn't, with it doesn't it doesn't Maybe resonate they were like running low on budget at that point who knows sure. yeah um it feels it doesn't resonate and i kind of go like so what was the uh what what was what were you trying to say with this did you did you have anything like because all the um the satirical elements and the stuff about like the uh the looking at the corporate world as this and that and kind of soulless and da 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 da, da um, felt like it was building up to maybe some kind of message or like some 
nothing grand maybe, but but something. Yeah. And then it just kind of has this uh, slightly trashy Hollywood ending. Yeah. Um, where something like Brazil ends on a really down note, uh, and you f- and, and and a kind of painful one, a sad one. Um, but hell, you feel something. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely like hits you hard for something. Uh, but yeah, so that's the movie. It's not held up super well, or maybe like there was things at the time that worked and things at the time that didn't work. And now mm. watching it now, there's the things that didn't work still don't work. And then there's a couple of things that did work at the time that don't play today, but it's still an enjoyable movie overall, still entertaining, would still recommend, but yeah, with that caveat of like not expecting the world, being like, oh, it's a product of its time, it can still be yeah. a very like enjoyable flick to sit down and watch. I think it's enjoyable and I think it's also um, it could be really helpful to look at as an example of uh, how an ending can or how how – uh, how not to do something like I, I yeah. think it's it's got stuff. I, I think looking at movies that um, succeed in certain areas and fail in in others are just as helpful um, to look at as a movie that does everything right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, and I think this is this is a really good one to look at for that because it does so many things really well. I think this would be a really cool one. You know how there's all those there's always movies that you look at in um, uh, in media and studies and stuff in high school and shit. This feels like that sort of movie. Mm. Um, I, and I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to to learn from from this flick in in that way. Um, looking at the reception of it, it holds a 58 percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. Praise be. Uh, it's been called consistently intriguing, 100 percent plot driven. Excellent performances from the cast. I, I'd agree with it being quite plot driven. Yep. Um, it's just that it doesn't really drive anywhere. In yeah. The end. Um, and yeah, excellent performances from the cast. Mm, definitely. So this flick got a, a limited release in theaters in the US and Australia, and then was pretty much sent right to DVD. And I think as like if you look at it as a direct to DVD uh, flick, it's quite good. Like as far as those go, you don't usually see this level of um, creativity in in how they're shot. Yeah, I think it's if quite you, ambitious. If you had way. gone to see it at the movie, then that that feeling that we've shared of uh, like the unsatisfying conclusion would be heightened from a like a huge screen cinema experience. Definitely, you, definitely. That's like you go to see those movies on the big screen for a reason, and when it kind of fizzles totally. out, then it's like, oh, yeah, that's what you walk out of the cinema remembering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and just I, I just mentioned that uh, that I feel it's quite ambitious in that way. I think ambitious is a good way to describe this movie. Yeah, and I think. Uh, a movie that has ambition and doesn't necessarily deliver on all of it is far better than a movie with no ambition. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, this could have this could have this could have really easily like the poster looks like a, like you're in for a real fucking snoozer. I don't know how you would market this in a in a way that would have captured you know people hot off the Matrix and and similar movies. Marketing around around movies and stuff is interesting to look at too. Like and and how it it sets up expectations and yeah. stuff like real slow burn thrillers are often marketed with like nail biting, you know, so intense. And the trailers are like, you know, super creepy and, and build all this weird tension and you go, Oh fuck, I want to see that. And then it's this, this really slow thing. Yeah. 
and, and I think that's, that was fucking boring and missed the point because their expectations were miss. And yeah, so if you go into watching this movie with that expectation that it's very ambitious um, and has a lot of interesting ideas and some good writing, then like you're not going to be like super disappointed if you have mm-hmm. that expectation. Totally. If you go in expecting the world and it's like, this is the next best thing after the Matrix, like, yeah, 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 then yeah, that's obviously going to like hype you up too much. Totally. I mean, you look at the poster, and, and I won't harp on about this, but it's it's got up top. It's got fr- from the director of Cube. So you go, okay, sci-fi, horror, thriller, cool. He's in like this white room, laying back, things on his head, computers next to him. You're like, there's going to be some weird sci-fi, body horror, machine man, internet. Don't dox me, bro. <laughs> Hype as fuck. That's the that's the the uh, the scene from the Matrix. Like, I think it colors your expectations in a in a certain way that isn't necessarily representative of the end product. Yeah, true. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I'd still I'd still totally recommend it, and I would uh, absolutely. I think I think it's it's well worth a watch if you have an interest in um, ambitious, resourceful filmmaking or resourceful filmmaking with ambitions that may or may not be delivered on. Yeah, it's still worth a. It's an interesting case study. That's our episode. We hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We've been harping on a lot about iTunes, but um, today I'm going to just recommend if you enjoy this podcast, just like just click that subscribe or that follow button on your on your podcast app, and then that way Ooh. you're just notified whenever a brand new episode comes out. I never even thought to do that. I'm not even following our own podcast, dude. Jesus Christ! Ridiculous! Pathetic! How do we expect? You think I'd listeners to follow us if we don't follow <laughs> ourselves? Yeah, we're setting a real fucking piss poor example. We'd love to hear what you thought of this week's episode. Um, you can tweet us at, at Rose Tint Review or tell us on Instagram at Rose Tinted Review. Um, you can also answer our question of the episode, which is uh, if you were uh, redefining yourself as a secret agent, what would be your character what, drink of choice? Your drink of choice, your c- cigarette of choice, if you yeah. if you want to go old school. And be the, a smoker. The vice what that kind you've of vape would you use if you were a secret agent? Ah <laughs> oh, man, um, I'm trying to think of like stuff that I think is uh, cool that I I don't know don't do for myself that I would like to. Um, I like to think I'm a pretty like uh, decently realized version of myself at the moment. So there's not <laughs> not that much. I think I just, I was going to say I'd smoke a lot more weed, but <laughs> I feel like that would make me a pretty fucking ineffectual double agent. That would be for shit, man. They'd be like, are you are you listening? And I'm like, sorry, man. I was down a rabbit hole. I feel like I'd go the opposite because sort of like you, I'd say, like I'm, I'm a fairly, fairly fully realized version of myself. I'd go the opposite. I would have no characteristics. I would be like so professional on the job. Be Ooh, like, okay, like yeah. A, like yeah. hitman. Like just yeah, yeah, okay. Head. That's how I'd just yeah, fucking. That's how I'd go it. Yeah, I'd wear a suit all the time. I'd change. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd I'd dress. I'd dress up a lot more. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I've I've had uh, I I enjoy a relatively schlubby lifestyle. I think I would <laughs> um go for a bit more class. Yeah, just like high class but mysterious. 
Yeah, beautiful. Two things I'll never be. <laughs> um, next episode, we are going to be reviewing Scream, the first Scream movie, the 1996 American comedy slasher film directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. Really excited to, to hit this one with you. Um, I'm Because I think man. this is uh, – I found this movie when I was probably 15, 16, again, around the time that a lot of these movies that we've talked about in the horror genre – um, I watched around the same time, and so I came to Scream as a budding horror horror movie fan, and really loved all of the homages and references and kind of in jokes to the horror genre, um, and got a lot out of it in that way. And it was it was good to watch as a kind of um, uh, almost aiding as like a gateway film to the to the rest of the genre because it's there are some decently deep cuts where you go like, uh, I was so thrilled by it, I wanted to know. All right, what was that referencing? What was that referencing? What was that referencing? I'll be interested to hear if this um, serves that purpose for you at all. Yeah, that'll be interesting because I haven't watched Scream or like so many of the classic horror movies. Um, will it be a little bit of a Blues Brothers where I just feel a little bit like of an outsider? I'm not getting all the references yeah. in the deep cuts. And so that like mm-hmm. impedes on my interest or will it awaken that in me and go, oh, I want to know what that is and what that is and what that is and like yeah, throw yeah. me down a rabbit hole. Of Excellent. horror. We'll find out next week. If you want to follow along, I uh, do recommend that you watch the movie before listening to the podcast. It does make things a little bit more enjoyable. You get that extra context. Yeah, you got to be. Because otherwise, it's just us fumbling through the plot of a movie for an hour and a half and you just going, oh, okay, I guess that's what happens next. Yeah, I feel like it's almost always more entertaining to watch the actual movie than hear our, our rendition of it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Maybe we're back with Dinosaur Story. I could claim is our podcast is more entertaining than the film itself. <laughs> I, would, I would absolutely say that. Oh, dear. Uh, but, yeah, that, that'll be next week. So join us next time where we find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. <laughs>